Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 181, Important Habits for School Success. This is a replay of, I think it's episode 140, about a year ago, I published an episode on really diving into important habits so that your children can succeed in school. And I thought about doing another one and I thought, well, let me go back and listen to the first one and actually everything really still applies. So I wanted to offer this to re-listen again to the really critical habits Whether your children are homeschooled or go off to school or go to a hybrid school, these are habits that they really need to practice, that you and the home need to practice so that they can experience school success. I hope you enjoy it. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart for a number of reasons. One, because I was trained as a teacher. I have lifetime certification in elementary education. And um, two, I love children and I love watching children succeed. I love what it does to their self-confidence, their self-esteem. And I actually just think that's what we are here for as adults, to help our children succeed. And the third reason is because I think that parents do not realize how important what's going on in their home uh, is to their child's success. So spoiler alert, these habits for school success are habits that parents need to incorporate into their home. Often, I would greet a child in the morning at school and they would start crying. And I would say, why are you crying? And they would say, I didn't get enough sleep, I didn't get to bed on time, or I didn't get breakfast, or I couldn't find my shoe, we were running around. And they were just done, really. They were done, and it was only 8 o'clock in the morning. And these children were so stressed that they were not in any kind of condition to learn anything in the classroom. And... Once I realized which particular children were stressed because of whatever was happening at home, I would try to reach out to the parents and say, hey, if you did this, this might help. But some parents just didn't do anything differently. And their children came to school stressed and not ready to learn. So I knew that I had to spend some time with those particular children, just kind of one-on-one nurturing them, connecting with them, calming down, and encouraging them. And I didn't mind doing it. I love doing it for kids. But really, parents, it's on you to help your child succeed in school. School is not just a great place to send the kids off for seven, eight hours. It's a place where they will learn But we have to equip them with all they need to learn well. 
All right, so here we go. The first habit for school success is that your child needs habits and routines at home that take the stress out of their daily life. There's a very interesting study done about 20 years ago now that looked at children and why some children excelled in school and others didn't. And the study was done in poorer sections of the town to try to understand what was the differing factor, what what made the difference for some children and not for others. Because none of them had money, and many of them had parents who were working a lot. And what they found was that the children who came from homes with the least amount of stress, where there was structure, are the children who did the best. And it's really not surprising. When children live in a stressed home where they have things all over the floor or all over the countertops or there's dis- there's clutter or disorganization, their eyes take all that in and their little brains have to process all that. That's hard for children. As adults, we think we get used to it with the clutter and the disorganization in the home, but we really don't. And you wonder why so many people talk about being anxious or stressed or overwhelmed. A majority of the reason is because of the way we do or don't keep our home. So we want to have a home that has great systems, routines, that all come from habits. So the first one that we need to help our children with is the evening routine. We're going to back up and start from the night before school day, and look at that evening routine. There should be a consistent early bedtime. And parents, if your children say, I don't want to go to bed now, um, they don't get a vote. Too bad. It's bedtime. The more you are firm on that, the more they will understand that you're going to stay firm on it, and they'll stop arguing with you about it. There has to be a firm bedtime. Depending on your children, there must, must not be phones, computers, or anything else in the bedroom. Ever. Just shouldn't be there. Everything that they do online should be out in the open so that everybody can see. But particularly not in their bedrooms so that when they go to bed, they don't sneak it. Because they'll sneak it. Don't think they won't. Your child is not a unicorn. They're going to want to sneak it. So consistent bedtime early, like 8 o'clock for elementary school children, maybe 9 o'clock when they get into the middle school years. And then in the high school years, you're going to have problems, you know, competing with sports maybe or homework, but really 10, 10, 30. Now I say that and some of my kids stayed up late doing homework. Um, but they weren't playing around. Okay. That's really important. They need as much sleep as they can possibly get. So consistent bedtime. And that means that the rest of your routine from coming home from school all the way up to the bedtime routine is organized in such a fashion so that they're ready to go to bed at eight o'clock so that you have dinner at a set time. And, you know, it does matter when people work and what your work schedules are. You may need to have dinner later, but everything is then done before dinner. So 
everything is done before dinner. You sit down for dinner. You clean up after dinner. They go up. They get ready for bed. And when they go up and get ready for bed, they lay everything out for the next day. So they get all their clothes or their uniforms, whatever they wear, they lay it out. They find their shoes, both shoes. They lay them out and socks. And for the boys, I don't know what it is about belts and where they go, but boys are always losing their belts. I had five boys. I know it. So find the belt and put it out with all of their clothes. And then make sure that their backpack is all packed. Check out if they have a planner. Check out the planner. Make sure it includes the homework that is done and in the backpack. And everything is ready to go. So that when you get to your morning routine, they don't have to worry about trying to find those things or rushing around or, you know, being stressed that they can't find that belt or that sock. All right, that's the evening routine. And, you know, you can add whatever you need to add about brushing teeth or baths or if you read to the children or whatever. But make sure that you actually write it out for yourself so that you're real clear on how it should go. And then be consistent. I know that's hard, but it is critical in developing habits and routines so that your children know when you say time for bed, Everybody knows exactly what to do and they don't, they don't need to question. What do we do? Where do we go? What's happening? You mean now? Do I have to go to bed now? They understand that when you say it, you mean it. All right. And then they get up in the morning, set your alarm so that you are awake before they are awake and make sure that you've given yourself enough time in the morning so that you are not rushing around so that they are not rushing around. And that would certainly require no TV or devices. If they get up really early, great, they can read a book. No TV or devices. They get up. Hopefully you have shown them how to make their breakfast. And if you haven't, and if you still make breakfast for them, great. If you want to make breakfast so that they don't pour cereal, um, it's up to you. Maybe on the weekend, make a whole big batch of eggs. And then... They can scoop it out the night before and get it ready so that in the morning they just need to heat it up. Figure out how you can make your morning routine as simple as possible. They just don't have the bandwidth to do anything more than get themselves up, teeth brushed, please, as a teacher, I'm begging you, make sure your children's teeth and tongues are brushed, okay? So teeth brushed hair combed, and they've got their clothes on, and their backpack is ready to go. They eat their breakfast, and off they go. And then when they come home from school, you'll have an after-school routine, which will go right into the evening routine I mentioned before. So what's the afternoon routine? Make it a routine. They come home, they have a snack maybe, or they go out and play, get rid of some energy, If they have homework, they come in and do their homework. And again, strong suggestion, no TV, no devices. It actually calms their brain more when they don't engage with computer and TVs or PlayStation. You want them to relax and calm down from the day. We always did no TV, no 
computer, no nothing during the week. But on the weekends, I had a set amount of time that they could go on. Not all day, but in the evening after they did their chores, they could go on for a certain amount of time. Don't be afraid to, quote, be the only parents who don't let them do something during the school week. So what? Who cares? Isn't it more important for your child to have success, to have virtue, to have downtime, to connect with you rather than have TV time or screen time? Okay, number two, your children need to have parents who have high goals, high goals for their children. Now, when I say high goals, I don't mean my child needs to go to Notre Dame or Harvard or Yale or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not even suggesting that they have to have straight A's. But when we think of high goals, I like to talk about the family culture. Um, We talked about family culture last month in Reimagine Motherhood, the membership. Um, And one thing that we talked about within our family culture is how do we expect our children to show up? And in relation to schoolwork, we want them to show up with the high goal of always doing their best. We always said to our children when they studied for a test, If they got an A, we would say, did you do your best? And I have some children who I know if I ask them, did you do your best? And they got a 96, they will say, no, I didn't. Because their best could have been 100. I also have some children who, with 85s, I said, did you do your best? And they said, yes, I did. That's all that matters. I don't care as long as I see you doing your best. So that's the type of high goal I'm talking about, where you tell your children, show up for the world, whether it's in school or in activities around the home or just in your appearance or your job when you become older, show up for the world doing your best. It will help them develop greater self-esteem and with a greater self-esteem comes more self-confidence And with more self-confidence comes more daring. They're more courageous in trying new things. And along those lines of trying new things and having high goals for our children, as parents, I'd like to suggest to you that you utilize what's called the growth mindset and you teach your children to have a growth mindset. A growth mindset means that we believe about our children or about ourselves, we teach our children to think this about themselves, that their abilities are changeable, that they are not fixed. So the, the opposite of growth mindset is a fixed mindset. And as a teacher, oh my gosh, I would have children come in in first grade and say, you know, we would do a math little problem. And they would say, I'm not good at it. I can't do it. I'm like, you're six years old. (laughs) You have no idea what you're good at and what you're not good at. So I want you to try. And actually, I have a great story on this. I had a first grader, loved her to death, excellent student, but I would hold competitions in the classroom where we would check their math facts to see how fast they knew them. And she came to me one day, this is in like late September, early October, and said, 
I'm just not good at working fast. And I said, I bet you are. I bet if you really practice every day, they just needed to know their math facts up to 10, right? There's six. I said, I bet if you practice every day, you will get better and better. And do you know, by the end of the competitions in the spring, she was always first place. Now, if I had said, oh yeah, you know, you're probably not great at that. So that's okay. Don't worry about it. You have other talents, which is probably true. I would never have challenged her to challenge her own thinking about herself. This goes into my coaching. We believe what we think about ourselves, even if it isn't true. So when you have a child who says, I'm not good at science or I'm not good at math, challenge them. Challenge them by saying, how do you know you're not good? I want to see you do your best. I want to see you work hard. And I'll bet you will find that you are good at it. So giving your children the opportunity to grow in ways they didn't imagine they could grow. Actively seek opportunities where your children can learn and stretch and grow. And we do that by saying failure is just a way to learn. It's just that you don't have that skill yet. Don't have that skill yet. And so failure is just kind of a terrible word because we have this connotation that it means the end. (laughs) You know, we tried, we failed, done. No, work hard got another little story on this. My daughter played the violin. And when she was uh, first learning to play when she was about 10 or 11 or 12, um, there are plenty of times where she's like, this is too hard. I don't want to do it. And like, no, you have to keep practicing and practicing. And she practiced and she played all the way through high school. And when she went off to college, she went to St. Mary's at Notre Dame and she was uh, able to try out for Notre Dame's orchestra. And she made it. And my daughter, who had wanted to quit because she just didn't think she was good enough, played at Carnegie Hall. So don't let children quit when it's hard. Help them get beyond that to the place of success. Tie success to effort. Tie success to effort. That's what it means to have a growth mindset. It is not what your innate IQ is. It's not what you were born with, with a limited set of skills and intelligence. Growth mindset means that we kind of keep reaching to see what else we can do, what other problems can we solve, and to know that whatever God has given us, we probably don't even know the half of it. So we have to keep challenging ourselves to be more and do more just to glorify God and to be happy. So I want you to remember high goals and growth mindset and then also valuing education by making sure that your child is a prepared student. Make sure their homework is complete and not with your help unless the teacher has asked you to help them. Now, Sometimes we're afraid of them doing their homework and getting it wrong for fear that it will look bad or they will fail. If we go in and try and complete it for them, 
they're learning that they're incompetent. You don't want that. You don't want your children to feel that way. You want them to learn the hard lessons and learn how to correct, okay? But please make sure that homework is done. Make sure it's done before dinner time, if possible. And sometimes, depending on your students, you need to say, let me see it, okay? They have to be responsible, but you need to help them learn how to be responsible, and that comes from having high goals for them. All right, the third important habit for school success, remember the first was habits and routines, the second is having high goals for them, and the third one is connection with you. When they come home, sit down with them and ask about the day. And I don't know or nothing is not an answer that you should accept. Ask them about their day. Ask them who they sat with at lunch and what did you talk about? Ask them what they did in class and who are they sitting by and what they did at recess. And ask them questions and take the time to listen. We often ask a question and as soon as they say, I don't know, or they just want to move on, we say, well, okay, never mind. Take time with your children to listen. This is why I didn't do carpools, because I had them in my car and they felt free to speak to me and they were captive, so they had to speak to me. (laughs) So it all worked out. All right, consider that. Also family dinner. Connect with them at a family dinner. And this is going to have to be something that may be very fluid. Sometimes we had family dinners early. Sometimes we had them a little later. But for the most part, we had them every day where we all spoke about our days and we connected. And then in connection with you, take the tech away. They do not need to be on their phones or their computers. They don't. And if you want to give them a little bit of time, that's up to you. But know whatever time you're giving them is time of connection away from you that you'll never get back. And that's really important. They need connection with you more than disconnection from you. That will make a child be firm and solid in who they are and who their family is and it will take the stress away. Habits for school success are actually habits that we as parents must do in order to teach the children. So that when they get into high school, they're just doing those things on their own because they've done it so long in grade school. Because if you, the parents, live these habits and virtues and work to teach your children these habits and virtues, then they will naturally practice them. They'll work hard because they've been trained to work hard. They'll have their work done on time because that's the expectation you hold for them. They'll do their best because they do really want to please you and they also want to feel good about themselves. And also that does require a lot of affirmations from us. Way to go. I'm so happy for you. You did a great job. You got to be... Did you do your best? Yes. Okay, then congratulations. You did a great job. You got a C? Did you do your best? No. All right, how did you not do your best? I didn't really study much. All right, 
So what lesson are you learning here that I need to study for the next test? Okay, good. You learned your lesson. Let's change it up for the better next time. Also, when our children have these habits and virtues, they'll make friends and they'll be happy. They'll make friends because they are happy. So please remember, your child's self-confidence and self-esteem is dependent on how he or she shows up for school every day. If they show up tired, unprepared, or late, I'm telling you, as the teacher on the other end who receives your children, they are already feeling terrible about themselves. They already feel like losers. They're also humiliated when they're not prepared. You do not want your children showing up that way. Okay, so what is this going to require? Well, I love this quote. I've mentioned it before. St. Thomas More said, The family is the garden of virtues. So what virtues are you creating in your family so that you can have children who stick to a routine, who have high goals, and who connect with you? Here they are. Orderliness. Perseverance. Cheerfulness. Patience. Obedience and respect for others. What do you require of your child? Let me ask you this. What kind of adult do you want your child to be? That is what you should require of them now by teaching them how to be patient, by teaching them obedience. Because if they're not obedient to you, they're not going to be obedient to God and they're certainly not going to be obedient to a a boss when they're an adult. So everything you want your child to be when they grow up Treat them that way now. Teach your child to create goals for themselves and work hard to achieve them. Teach them to value and practice orderliness. Teach them that they do not know their capacity, that that's their job to find out how far they can go, how good they can get in something. Having that growth mindset in asking the questions not being afraid to ask questions, and then finding solutions and challenging themselves. And then acknowledge and celebrate them when they do their best. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be? The woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at FindingJoyInMotherhood.com.